This is The Anatomy of Eloquence, a podcast that dissects the innermost workings of great communication. I'm your host, Nick, communication strategist, brand theorist, and resident didactic. For the last decade, I've been helping startups and CEOs reshape their communication with the world. I'm Andrew Yang, not the former presidential candidate, but I was a former presidential speechwriter. And for the past 10 years, I've worked with national leaders, public company CEOs, and startup founders on their communication. Hey everyone, welcome to The Anatomy of Eloquence, episode three. In this week's episode, we're going to look at an age-old question that most people answer poorly. What's different? What makes you stand out and what makes you stand above? I'm here with my co-host, Andrew. Now, Andrew, you've actually had a lot of thoughts on how people stand out or what makes them different recently. Could you share a bit? It's more like how not to talk about how different you are. (laughs) Right. Right. Because we see see so many pitches all the time. Mm. And you, you very quickly start noticing that the way that people talk about them versus their competition is... Uh, shall I say, funny. Because they tend to either go with, I think everybody has seen those like two by two matrix. Right. Right. The matrix where you were all the way, your company's all the way to the top right. Always. And everybody else is to the bottom left or to the to the left or to the bottom. So you're clearly superior to everyone else. Yeah. Either that or it's a complex, like 10 variable comparison table where on all 10 essential features, you check all the boxes. Like you're the and only one yeah, exactly. who has all the answers. Other people have like eh, 70, 60% of the answers. Yeah. You have all of them, right? <laughs> yeah. And this is problematic. Well, starting with the matrix, um, which is that investors have seen these and they look at these all day long. And so every company in the same space comes into the pitch room and say that they're to the to the top right and somebody else will come along and pick a different almost a different dimension to compare everybody and say they are now the top right right i mean because all the dimensions are always arbitrary you're always going to choose things that are to your benefit right? right and you can make up whatever you want like oh i am the smartest and most handsome top right screw everyone else <laughs> But you also run into, like you said, your competition can use the same logic against you. You can say, I'm the cheapest version. And all they have to do is say, I'm the most premium version. It's just a phrasing thing, right? right? Totally. It's not a real competitive difference. It's just more features that I want to highlight. And of course, I'm better than everyone else. Yeah. And I mean, in the eyes of certain investors, the comparison table may be a little bit better just because it has more information. It has more facets. But there you run into the same issue. Actually, no, you run into a different issue, which is that there are almost too many variables. It takes a long time for the com- for the investor to read through that table. And they also wonder about some of those variables right? where you're competing. Because they're like, why, why are you including these? Like, how does that either affect your end user or affect your product? But I would say one of the key reasons that you and I have talked about why it's such a big difference is you may have one key identifying totally different feature, 
But you're now burying it in a sea of everything. Yeah, that's right. If you put it among the 10 dimensions, but actually one of those dimensions is critical to your competition or critical to your competitive advantage, then putting it putting it among 10 just does you no good. It dilutes its effect. It does, yeah. And oftentimes that your investor doesn't actually have the depth of expertise to call that out. You'll meet some investors who have deep expertise in your domain, but not always. Like you'll come across a lot of investors with general expertise. And so it's, it's your job to call out that key facet. How do you think startups can better describe their competitive advantage, how they're different? Well, a few mistakes that people make in not calling out their competitive advantages is what we just described. Or two, they'll actually ignore their competitors completely. Oh, yeah. So sometimes they'll be like, well, I have no competition. Or they'll compare themselves to the traditional. They'll go, this is the way that they did it, you know, 50 years ago, or nothing has changed for the last 50 years, and ignore that people are doing it now. Hmm. So when we talk about how you should call out your competitive advantage is a bit contradictory to most people's line of thought where they try and either downplay their competitors or remove their competitors from the discussion. Our suggestion always put your competitors front and center, which means talk about what they're doing and talking about the pitfalls or the challenges they're going to run into and why your angle or your idea is different and why it's going to solve these challenges that they're running into. Right. So in terms of anatomy, it actually goes like a traditional pitch that we've seen, right? They would typically go, hi, uh, my company is X and we do this. And this is the problem that we're solving. And here's our solution. And this is our technology. Let me show it to you. And then they will attach a competition landscape table at the end. Yeah, slide so, nine of yeah, ten. Exactly. Oh, by the way, we have competitors. Yeah, and in a in an unstaged pitch competition, it, it's literally mostly like slide eight or nine. By which time they've probably run out of time, mm. <laughs> and then they'll go like, "Oh, here's our competition, and uh, you can come talk to me afterwards." But we're the best. Yeah, and of course, it's that the quadrant slide where they're on the top. Yeah, right? yeah, or the or even worse, the competition table with eight to 10 dimensions and people, nobody has any time to read it. Right? right. But then, so here we're literally recommending that you put your competition up front. So first you can talk about a problem that a lot of people are suffering. And then you can talk about current solutions. And we actually recommend that you include both traditional solutions and new solutions, like your real competitors. People are looking to solve this problem because traditional solutions are not good enough. Right. right. So address both of them. And that's not a bad thing because you're proving that this is a problem worth solving. Right. You know, investors always talk about if no one else is working on it, there's one of two possibilities. A, you're the smartest person in the world and you see something no one else does. Or B, it's just not worth solving. It's something no one cares about. Yeah, exactly. And so by talking about your competition up front, then that sets things up for you to highlight your difference. Like, there are actually 10 companies who are trying to solve the same problem, and they're taking X approach. Well, we think there's actually a better approach, which is Y. 
And so immediately that you put your difference up front rather than going through your pitch and having the investor ask those questions and for you to then start explaining and going to the table. Now, some people may concern that, oh, if you spend too much time talking about your competition, then are you just pitching for them? But we've always worked with people that there's a balance there. You're not in there explaining the depth and the premise of the entire person's company, but you're talking about there are different ways of looking at this. And if you listen to our previous episodes talking about why you and why now, what's different is combining those and saying, because of my own unique experiences or my own background, this is why I'm looking at this differently than everyone else. This is why my angle is different than everyone else. Yeah. And it makes a difference whether you're doing sales or you're doing fundraising. Mm. Right? Because one of our partners used to lead IBM Watson for healthcare's global business development. He was saying that in, in his business development meetings, he never ever mentions the competition. Right. Because he doesn't want the, the prospective client to go and research everybody else. However, when you're facing an investor, it's totally different. Because it's the investor's job to know the entire landscape. If they're interested in a vertical, if they're interested in a market opportunity, they will literally look at everybody in that space and then find the best one for them to back. If you don't talk about it, they will still find it. And then you will have no opportunity to defend yourself. So might as well highlight your stiffest competition and say how you're better. Yeah, this is definitely true. And you talked about before, if they're an expert in the domain, they already have it in their head when they're probably talking to you the first time. So if you don't talk about it and they're like, who's your competition? And you either A, oh, I don't really have a competition. Or B, you go, oh, here's a few people and kind of what they do. If the investor feels they know more about your competition than you do, this is a strike against you. Yeah, and worse, they might feel like you're trying to hide something. Exactly. Like, why are you not talking about it? Or if they're not an expert in your domain, like you said, when they go into due diligence, they will find your competition. In which case, if their competition calls out and says, this is what the company is doing and here's why it's a problem, you have no opportunity to back yourself up. Yeah. I mean, they might come back to you and go, hey, what about what about this? How are you guys different? Yeah. Or they might not. But that's kind of out, out of your hands, right? I'm wondering like, what which companies for you have been really good at highlighting their differences? Companies that are really good at highlighting their differences, for me, fall into two categories. One is, is they either have a very strong technological difference or experience difference. The other is someone who has a, the ability to reframe a problem and talk about a unique approach. Mm-hmm. I like the second one and staring at the Nintendo Switch that's actually sitting next to us, Nintendo becomes an interesting example. Yes, we actually have a Nintendo Switch in our podcast recording slash conference room. Yes. To let everybody know that uh, we're doing serious work here, man. We work hard. Don't (laughs) worry. But why I like Nintendo as an example of this is starting from the beginning, Nintendo used to compete head-to-head with PlayStation, Xbox. Well, you can also argue PlayStation and Xbox came after Nintendo's market. And it was always about who had the best graphics, who had the best hardware, who's producing the best IP games. And that was a competition for years until the originator, Nintendo, starts to drastically lose. 
You know, Microsoft, obviously a tech company, has way better software. Sony, same thing, huge electronics company, better hardware, and they start destroying Nintendo. And so Nintendo, starting with the Wii, says, no, 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 gaming is no longer about hardware and graphics and realism. The future of gaming is about our interaction with the games. And with each other, right? With your family members. Yeah, with the competition boards. And so Nintendo reframed the problem. They said, everyone else is doing this. They're building better hardware. They're going after more realistic graphics. They're just trying to build out that game. We think that the way that people want to interact with games is different. It's more interactive. They want to get up. They want to move. They want to see cartoon versions of themselves, and they want to compete with their family in the same room. Gaming is a family and a social activity. And so they changed. They, by, by doing this, as you said, they basically reframed the focus of that competition. Like We're no longer competing on power. We're now competing on interaction with the device, interaction with other people. And what's fun with the Switch is that they did it again. Yes. Like the Switch, if you're talking about processing power and how realistic looking the the graphics are, it loses and by a mile. Yeah. It's not even close. There's a huge gap. Yeah, it's probably like five years behind everyone else on graphics. I honestly, as a Switch owner, I don't care. Hmm. Because they reframed it as here's a device that's switchable you can play it as a almost a game boy style like mobile device or you can just plug it into your tv right and just play and so it has that flexibility switchability again they shifted the plane of competition right and they also looked at what was happening where people were starting to get into different camps i'm either a pc gamer i'm a console gamer i'm a mobile gamer and the switch just says no we're gamers and your platform should switch with you You want to be an on-the-go gamer? Be an on-the-go gamer. You want to be a home console gamer? Be an at-home console gamer. We don't care. And so we were not, I mean, we were not in the original Switch pitch. If you imagine uh, in Japan how how they were pitching it to the parent corporation. Yeah. But if you imagine that pitch and and how you can pitch it to highlight that difference, basically you say, well, everybody else is competing on power, on graphics. We think the competition, the next big thing in competition in gaming will be something different. We think it's going to be about flexibility. We allow them to game however they want. What's interesting is after Nintendo doubles down on this, starting with the Wii and moving into the Switch, you also see the other companies go, oh, yeah. So this is why you have playstation remote you have xbox remote where now you can use your computer or some other way to play even if your things are on the room but nintendo just said no no that's the future and we so much believe in it that our entire system is mobile Hmm. right there's no hybrid in between there's a this is what we do so in terms of anatomy just to recap the structure basically what you're saying is here's a problem either a problem or an opportunity like a gaming opportunity And we see everyone else in the market going in direction X. But we believe that in the future, the opportunity is with direction Y. And that's where we're going. So let me show you. And we've actually seen this in 
certain companies' pitches and also worked with our own teams on these pitches. One example that we really liked that we actually heard someone pitch was Nevro. It's a system that gets embedded into your spine as a way to locate and mask chronic pain, either from old injuries, surgeries, etc. Yeah, using neural stimulation. And what they found was also like one of the major problems was the tingling sensation literally numbs parts of your body. And users of previous devices or competing devices, they really don't like that. Hmm. The problem is that if you increase the frequency the tingling sensation gets worse. What Nevro found, and this is their differentiation and their insight, is that as you increase the the frequency, tingling sensation goes up, but only to a certain point. Mm. You take it really high, tingling sensation stops. There's a threshold where it just ends. It disappears. And then after Nevro discovered this, right, not just masking pain, but taking it away and reducing the tingling sensation, they grabbed, within a short amount of time, 15, I think 15% of the market share. Yeah, it was in like two or three years. Which is nuts, especially in in medical devices. Just totally crazy, right? And they kind of opened this box where people are like, oh, wait, we're allowed to change frequency. Yeah. And so every, people, other companies also started experimenting with different frequencies or even taking it like up, down, up, down. Yeah. Making it more regular. Yeah, so the way that we heard Nevro, Nevro's pitch, their presentation was exactly this. Describing the competition first. Everybody else is doing this. You know, staying within that like frequency this band zone. Of frequency, yeah, right? exactly. And I say, well, we discovered something different. We're using a different approach, very high frequency. And this has these effects. Here's the data. And this is the result. So it sounds like we could be cherry picking a bit with the Nintendo example and the Nevro example where they've had high amounts of success. But you've also seen quite a bit of success working with our own teams on this. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you use this anatomy to work on someone's pitch? One of the companies that that we've worked with, you know, works on reducing or eliminating urinary tract infection, which is a huge problem in medical facilities, especially with patients that um, stay in the hospital for a long time and they need to to install these tubes into their urinary tract to help them pee, basically. The problem there is that you get get infections pretty easily. If you want to beat these infections, you basically have to use antibiotics. The problem with, with that, of course, is that the bacteria then develops drug resistance. So you have to use a new antibacterial. When the first line antibiotic fails, you have to use second line, and then you have to use third line, and then on and on, until you have no more antibiotics. And actually, my own mom succumbed to this. It was an infection in the hospital that she eventually passed away from. Right. So I know this problem on a, on a deep personal level. And so the company that we worked with took a very different approach. They're like, everybody else is trying to develop better antibiotics that one day is going to fail. Why don't we not use antibiotics? What if we could physically remove the bacteria? So because the founder there is a material scientist, so the way we worked with him on this pitch is to highlight that difference 
very early in his pitch rather than hide it a、mm. little later. Just to say, we are entirely different because we come from material science, and so we developed a material, a powder basically that you can mix with saline water, pump it into the urinary tract, do it three times a day. And you can drastically reduce infection, and because it's a physical solution, it's not a pharmacological one. There's no problem with drug resistance.、Hmm. Bacteria doesn't develop resistance to it because you're physically removing them. Because I'm not treating it; I'm just removing it. Right. I'm cleaning it out yeah, of、exactly. the system. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so when、uh, after we developed a a pitch for him, and he went to the U.S. I, we also helped him identify an investor that we believed would be suitable for him. Like after a fifteen twenty minute pitch, the investor is like, "I'm in." Yeah, this is so different. And let's start due diligence. But I think that highlights the power of highlighting your difference versus what everyone else is trying to do. Right, and this was again, it's that very clear anatomy. Like, here's the problem. Everyone else's solution is pharmacological, or the traditional is going to fail because it's pharmacological.、Yeah. So, as a material scientist, I'm not looking at it from a drug resistance or a better drug standpoint. I'm saying, why don't we just clean it out? Yeah. And then he actually starts to build out clinical trial data and a lot of ways to back it up. That last piece. Yeah. Everything that follows is basically trying to prove that his drastically different approach works. All right. Well, we hope that the next time that you're thinking about your pitch and you're trying to build out your competition slide, you'll look at it differently. Don't hide your competition in the back. Don't hide your difference in the back. Put it all up front. Talk about your competition in terms of what they're doing and why your unique angle, what makes you different and special, can be highlighted even better in comparison to what everyone else is doing. Then we'll see you guys next time. See ya.